this morning just had a prayer request from my sister Angie Brown that streams our services requesting prayer for her marriage conflict with her husband due to believing so we all bow you might have a need let's just hold it to the Lord Heavenly Father we're thankful this morning for the gathering that we have the privilege Lord not to gather around a historical event or time or just a tradition, but Lord, we're gathering around the revealed word. Jesus Christ himself, Father, we're asking this morning that you would make yourself real to us. Lord, we're praying that you'd forgive us of our shortcomings. Lord, every one of us would make a mistake. Not one of us is righteous, but Lord, you are the righteous one. You're the perfect sacrifice. Lord, by the blood of the Lamb, we have boldness this morning to enter into the holy place. Lord, we're asking you to take the service. Father, may the anointing of God rest upon us. May it be upon every home, every family, every need, every person, Lord, every individual. Father, we're asking that you would come yourself. Speak to us. Hear through us. Lord, minister to us this morning. We want to commit ourselves to you. Remember this request of this Sister Angie Brown. Lord, remember her, her need. Lord, remember all our needs. Bless the word now as we open the Bible. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Let's just turn in our Bible this morning. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 7. Last week we took a little start on uh, maybe a bit of a thought that would be towards the time of year that the world is, is uh, taking, which is the Christmas season. And uh, we know the time is of Christ's birth was actually in spring, but we want to take the opportunity to also recognize it if we can. Isaiah 7, we'll just read one verse, verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel meaning God with us. Turn over two verses, two, um, two chapters rather, to Isaiah chapter 9. We'll read from verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. It's not a one-time event. It's an ongoing thing. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Oh, I'm thankful. It'll take eternity to reveal him. What a wonderful thing. There shall be no end. And upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, 
to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth for even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Then I'll ask you now to go over to the book of Luke. Last week we read in, we're going to turn to Luke chapter 1. Last week we read out of Matthew, Matthew giving the account where God came to Joseph. And he came to Joseph and Joseph being a, uh, engaged to Mary, uh, espoused her, as the Bible would say, and he spoke to her about what was happening to her. Now he's speaking to Mary in Luke chapter 1. We'll start in verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Now, just think about it. That word was prophesied hundreds of years before. And now it's coming to fulfillment. Now was the time. Just think about how, how it was. She was the bedding ground. She had to have a heart prepared to receive what God was going to accomplish. Just like we are. The word is in the bride, like it was in Mary. Something God is doing again on the earth today. It's not a historical thing. It's happening right now. And he says, and the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give Unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Exactly with what Isaiah had prophesied already. It's, she's receiving it now directly. And then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered her and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived in her old age. This is the sixth month with her, who is called barren. Now just think about it. That's just dropped in there. And it says she's barren. And she just identifies it to her. Doesn't tell her to do anything. But as she'll go later and just mention what happened to her, it will bring life to that situation. Verse 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me, according to thy word, and the angel departed from her. God bless you. you. may have your seats. I was listening to a Christmas message yesterday. It's called Christ, the Mystery of God Revealed. 
Brother Ed, what do you mean? A Chris? It's the Christmas message. Brother Branham would say this, and he picks this up, and I, I was reading the book. Brother Harold, you gave us ministers these books many years ago, and I still have them, and I still like to underline them and go through them, and not just cherry-pick quotes, but catch what the prophet was saying. You want to know what, this, what he said about this message? If you ever fail, come back to this message. If you ever lose your focus, if you ever gonna get deluded or something, come back to this message. Thank God for that. Now he says this God had a threefold purpose in this great mystery secret before the world began. And he said, I want to go to it this morning. The first thing was he wanted to reveal himself to his people. Now, he could not do that as the great Jehovah God who covered all space, time, and eternity. He could not. He was too great to ever be revealed to people. That would be too mysterious. How could that great being that never did begin, that after you went beyond the cycle of hundreds of billions and trillions of years of light space and on out into the infinite, into the eternity, and a great creature that was all that and still is. Now, he was all of that. But now he projected himself down to where he wanted to reveal himself to man. That was his purpose. So he would go on to say this, he loved fatherhood. I'm going to jump ahead of myself if I go too quickly or go too far. Let me just drop this in and then I'm going to make a few comments. Now he says, the hidden mystery that God had in his mind before the world ever began, it was mysterious back then, how a virgin would conceive or why a virgin had to conceive. But he said, it's, it was there, he says, but he says, the great mystery, now he goes to say this, it's unfolded itself right down to this present hour that we're living in. It's not a historical message. It's not just a tradition. It's happening right now. Great is the mystery of godliness. The Bible actually says in Timothy Great is the mystery, it doesn't say great is the mystery of God. Great is the mystery of godliness. There are people that carry godliness. How do, you, how do you act like that? I don't know, I'm in communion. I'm fellowshipping on the word. I'm in, in a constant contact with him. And something just happens to come out. Oh yeah, there's lots of bad things. It's not all good. But I thank God for the good things that do come out. So Brother Bannon would, or the Bible would actually say, in Genesis chapter 1, I'll rehearse a few thoughts from last week. Genesis chapter 1, it said God made and it was good. God did this, God, God. God there meaning Elohim, self-existing one. You go to Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 where he created man and the Bible for the first time says, and the Lord God. So it wasn't just Elohim, but it was the Lord God, which means Jehovah. Jehovah God. Jehovah meaning one who exists with family. So this is God condescending. It's not just Elohim self-existing. But now he's beginning to express himself. I'm going to have a family. I'm not going to be known as Elohim anymore. I'm going to be the Lord God. I'm going to be Jehovah. Jehovah. 
As Brother, Brother Andrew so aptly preached last Sunday, I just said he didn't leave me much to preach. But I looked in the maps and I found a few things. And I'm just taking it from there. So thank God for that. So the condescension of God, he'll never go back to being Elohim. He has projected himself. He's Jehovah. And he's not just Jehovah, but he's Jehovah in a sevenfold manner. He's Jehovah Shammah. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's Jehovah all of these other attributes. Why? He knew our state. He knew what we would be. He is more than enough for me. He is everything I need. He is my fiber. He is my being. He is my everything. Oh, thank God for that. A supreme being with supreme intelligence, making himself known to, to wretched creatures such as we are. So in Genesis chapter 1, God said, let us make man in our image. Now, Trinitarians like that verse because let us make man in our image. Okay? That's what the words say. But like I like to say, the proof is in the pudding. So when the image came out, what was the image? One. Now my title this morning, if I can speak on a title, and it, can you put it up there for me, Sister Ruth? I just flipped my page here. Deity embedded in an earthen womb. But I want to speak on the power of one. Because he is the principal theme of the entire Bible. He is in every shadow. He is in every type. He is, he is our life. He is our thoughts. He is our everything. Friends, I, I said it to somebody the other day. I said, I would not even be a minister were it not for this message. I have nothing to preach. This the message that God has sent is nothing less than Jesus Christ. It wasn't William Branham. That was just the voice that God used. The voice is the voice of God that resonates to the individual heart. That's the one that we're hearing from. That's the one that we're feeding on. So it says, let us make man in our image. So the image that came out, the proof was in the pudding, as I said. It was one. It wasn't three. It was one. And in this one image, there was man and woman. In one image. This was in the image of God. Male and female. One image. There was the image of God. That image could not fall. That image could not fail. That image had supreme power on earth. That image was God's, God's projection of himself down to the earth. And it held a secret of what God himself was. Now, in the message, oh my, there's so many thoughts here that come to me. Let me just share this first. God in Morphe, who is this Melchizedek? Master in a pillar of fire. God with us, God in us, the condescending of God. Sorry, God above, God with us, God in us. He says, God came down and changed his tent, came down and lived with one of us. We held him. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. So this is what God wanted to project. So in Genesis chapter 1, it says, God created man in his own image, his own likeness. What kind of a man did he create? 
It was a spirit man. Notice, if you, he made all of creation, and then he created a spirit man. Now, now, just think about this. This is how we took it last week a little bit. The first creation was God himself. Out of God came the Logos, which was the Son of God. Out of the Logos came the Word. And a Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. In other words, out of the Logos came forth the man. So that image could not fall. And I want to just take this from a couple of places because Brother Branham would say that that spirit man, it, it, was, it was of God. In, in, a, in a message that he preached, he says this, So let us make man after our image. It was a spirit man. He gave him control. He made a man of the dust of the earth, and then he fell. So before he was of the dust, he could not fall. But when he was dust, then he fell. Okay, now, now let me just maybe back up a, step, a second here. If I can take, I've got so many places. I want to just hit a couple of these. When man was made in the image of God, he did not fall. When he was made in the image of man, he fell. So in Genesis 1, it was the image of God. In Genesis 2, it was the image of man. He would actually say it was like unto that of a beast. So now the first man that, that, that was there was the image of God. The second was the image of the earthly, the image of man. But in, in, and, and when it came to that way on the earth, out of the man came also the woman. And the two came and they coexisted, but yet they were one. They were one in spirit being still, even though existing in two separate flesh entities. There was a oneness. There was a power that Eve had at that time that was directly as a result of her being out of Adam. And that oneness, that, that power that she had, her protection, our protection. It's not that we're smart enough. Listen, you can't argue with the devil on your own intellect. You can't argue on your own interreason. The only thing you need to do is go back to where the East first Eve fell from. I'm sorry, my husband said this. Anything else is a lie. Anything else is wrong. That's your oneness. That's the power that God's looking for. We, we look around. The church, the movement we represent, even within this movement, it's becoming more and more in a minority. And I will say this, God has never been with the majority. All it takes is one. Yeah. One with God is the majority. Yeah. One with God. This is not a church move. Yeah. This is God dealing with an individual. Yeah. You don't show up in the church and say, I'm part of the church. The only way you're part of the church is if you're one with him. Yeah. That's his many-membered body. The relationship is not a lateral relationship. It's an up and down relationship. That's the relationship that God is looking for. That's the relationship that we are built on. That's where revelation comes. It's not our knowledge. It's not our understanding. It's not a code of ethics. But it's one man with God. He knows us, friends. He knows our ups and downs. He knows our comings and goings. 
When we pray, we pray and we share with him intimately like we do no other person on earth. He knows about us. He's desiring a relationship with us. So, then came when they were on earth, there they were, one identity, one name, oneness, perfect oneness, co-equal. The highest form of oneness is between a man and a woman. You can have a oneness in a partnership in business. You can have a oneness and, and agree for something, but the highest form is the marriage relationship. So after the fall, and then there came where the enemy broke that oneness. Now, before there ever was a transgression in the flesh, it had to be in the spirit realm first. Satan may have come to Eve not just once, but maybe hundreds of times, maybe thousands of times. But finally she got to the place where it was an imagination, where it was something that she pictured in her mind, and then the fall happened. It didn't happen in the flesh first. So we were speaking there on, 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 on Wednesday. Sometimes it, it, what happens in the spirit realm doesn't show up for a time down the road. How, how did this person, you know, suddenly go off there? It didn't just happen. It started. It was a thought. It was, it was something that dwelt on, something that happened. And not that it's bad. God, God can know that the enemy is constantly on every one of us, badgering us and doing things. But thank God that he can come and break that. And he wants to break it this morning. If we're going in a wrong trajectory, break it this morning, Lord. So he says this, now look, when man was made in the image of God, he did not fall. When he was made in the image of man, he fell. When he was made in the image of the beasts or out of the dust of the earth, that's where he fell. Now, God demanded that there had to be a penalty. Something had to be paid for that. So he said, let us make man that was there, but when man fell... God had to come to fallen man, and he had to, all of creation fell under him. So all that was under man could not redeem man. It took somebody who was greater to come down. So that was God that descended, who became us, who became sin for us, and he took our place. So let, let's, let's just take this for a moment. Brother Bannon would speak this. And he relates this back to the Garden of Eden, and I'm doing a little bit of the same this morning. But he talks about Adam and Eve and what happened when Eve, she was deceived. Adam was not deceived. Adam could have left Eve and said, well, you didn't follow the rules. You're toast. <laughs> but there was an attribute of God that was placed in Adam that he could not leave Eve. So Brother Madam shares this. He says, last evening it was difficult for me. He was talking in a message. Something happened that very seldom happens in a meeting. Visions began to break over the people. And as I started to move into the vision, something happened before me. And we talked about it till 1 o'clock in the morning nearly. I saw Adam leave the garden willfully because he loved his wife. 
Now he's relating Adam, and he says, I've seen, I've seen Jesus come and go willfully, taking the sinner's place because he loved the church. I just couldn't keep from expressing it. My goodness, how the Lord came down. Friends, if we could recognize the God of creation came down for you, the one who made and shaped everything, and he went down to where we were, and he took our place. Oh, my goodness. Why don't you, why couldn't you love him? There ought to be, if, if love was projected to you, there ought to be something come back. Lord, thank you for it. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I saw Adam and Eve, little sweethearts. I saw Adam back there put his arms around his little sweetheart for God had condemned them. He started out with his arms around his darling. Adam was not deceived. He didn't have to walk out. But he walked out because he loved his wife. And Jesus so loved the church. Oh, love of God. How rich and pure. Oh my, thank you for the song you sang this morning, Brother Ray. Just on, on the love that was there. When God looked down, now this is almost amazing to me. But he deposited something of Adam in there. And when God looked, uh, uh, he deposited something of God in Adam. When God looked down and seen that love of a human being, it was so great he just couldn't stand it himself. <laughs> now this is amazing to me. That's right. He said, I'll come and I'll go too. I, I, this, is, this is beyond comprehension. Friends, there's no message on the earth like this message. There is nothing that brings these truths so real. It's more than life. This is not separate from the Bible. The Bible and the message are one. It's great hidden mysteries reserved for this hour, for this day. He says, I'll put enmity. And then he says, now I see the same scene change 4,000 years later. Down the streets of Jerusalem, this little old fella crown of thorns on his head and a cross over his shoulder and his back, them little red spots, blood coming out. And, and he says, oh, they're getting bigger, they're getting bigger. I hear something beating again. Here comes, he says, just, just these blood spots. It's, 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 it's no more than Jehovah himself. The second Adam who comes down and is made flesh even to go to hell for his sweetheart. Christ to redeem his bride. I seen it in Adam yonder. He came and was kinfolks with us. He became one with us. He identified with our sin. He identified with our transgression. Now, I, I took a little bit of time with that last time, and I'm going to just try and flip it back a little bit for a moment. Philippians chapter 2, which we read, and I'm just going to read a couple of verses of that. The mind that was in Christ, he was in the form of God, Philippians 2 verse 6. He thought it not robbery to be equal of God, with God. And he made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men, 
And being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and he became obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross. So that was God, God's projection back to us, God showing himself to us, taking his own law, coming down and paying the penalty for us. When a man would sin, that then God would come and, and take our place. In, 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 in Jehovah Jireh, the prophet would say, did you notice in the Garden of Edom, he made a male and female. A man made in God's image a spirit. The next chapter, he made a male and female. Created man out of the dust of the earth. And not, not, not in his image. But then God came down in the form of man by Jesus Christ. Now it was the image of God that came into the image of a beast or of a man. He was... He was there, there had to come a time... Where, if I can say, there was a womb or there was a bedding ground where God would identify himself. So he says, he was made in the image of the earth. Oh, friends, can't you see what the gospel means? God became man so man could become God. He says, the first Adam in him was both feminine and masculine. He had no helpmate. But... He talks about the woman, now was not in the original creation. Now to make them one, he opened the side of Adam, took a part of Adam's flesh. So she was always a part of him. Okay? Now I'm, I'm going to, I, I need to just, I got about three or four thoughts I want to go to, so I'm just going to ask you to bear with me. But I, I want to take, let me just take this first, where, where Brother Branham would speak this in Christ the mystery of God revealed. And, uh, and he, he expresses, and he says, Now God expressed in Jesus Christ, who was both Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the fullness of the Godhead. Now that complete fullness, he pours into his church the preeminences. All that God was, he poured into Christ. All that Christ was, he poured into the church. So if I can maybe just take, take this part of it, and this is a little bit of where I'm going to go and, and my focus this morning is on the womb part of it because as much as God projected, there had to be a womb to receive it. Now, let, let, me, let, me, let me put it this way. Um, Brother Bannon would talk about the woman, and, and I want to say it this way. He says, and in the Garden of Eden, we're familiar now, it's Genesis 2. There is the man and there's the woman there is a tree of knowledge. There is a tree of life. But Brother Branham, would, the Bible, you know, in, in Revelations is symbols. In the book of Genesis, it's symbols. And it's two books that Satan hates. But if we can catch the symbology of what God is doing. Now he says, Jesus was the tree of life. His promise in Matthew was, or in St. John was, I am the bread of life that comes from God out of heaven. And he says, now, through the birth of the woman, we all die and we're subject to death through the birth of a woman. Through the birth of a man, we live forever. Now, he says, the woman is a tree of death. Now, we don't, we don't view that there was other trees, but he... He's symbolizing that the woman was a tree in the Garden of Eden. 
Brother Maxwell, when you spoke on Monday, I had poured some of these quotes out on, on Thursday, and you just went right down that channel. And I said, thank the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. And he says, now, the woman is a tree of death. The man is a tree of life. For the woman doesn't even bear life in her. The life germ comes from the man and goes into the woman. So the woman in the Garden of Eden was a womb, was a tree. And when she mingled her branches with the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it began to produce something in her that was contrary to the tree of life. She received another seed. She received another, another life, something else that not only was just a thought, but it became a part of her. It became the fabric of her. I, I, I thought about this, and I thought, you know, sometimes, you know, there's many thoughts about even Judas. There had to be somebody on the earth that was going to betray Jesus. But how did it happen? He began to entertain thoughts of money. He began to entertain thoughts. He began to allow these things. And he, and he let all these things happen. And it set a course. It set him on a path. And the Bible finally comes to the place of us. When do what you've done, what you need to do, Jesus sent him forth. And then the Bible says, then Satan entered him. Now, that's an amazing thought to me. There was a oneness of a satanic realm that came into full manifestation in this last days. You know, at the same time that God is gaining the preeminence in a people, in a bride, becoming one with them, at the same time, there's a, there's a woman also on the earth today, Revelation 17. That woman also is coming to a place where she is going to crown crown a viker, crown a prophet, which is going to be nothing less than Satan riding again. At the same time, God's going to dwell in the people. Now, now hear me on, on the thought of a tree for a moment here. Brother Adam would say in the Garden of Eden, there's two trees. One was knowledge and one was faith. One was life, one was death by knowledge. Man continually has biting off the tree of knowledge. <laughs> he talks about one, you don't know God by education, you know, don't know him by scientific researches, you know God by simple childlike faith. Now in the Garden of Eden there was two trees. All that live by the women, di woman die, she's a tree of death. Now, the church itself we as a church, we represent the womb, the woman. If we, if we think we have an identity outside of our own, you know, Eve never had her name until she, 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 took, she went out from Adam. That's when she got her own name. But before that, she was known. We don't want to be known by our own name. We don't want to be known by our own life. Our life comes from the bride tree. He says, now... If you're born of a woman, you die. When you're born of a man, Jesus Christ, you live. Adam's bride was defiled before he got to her. When Jesus came, he was the tree of life. 
I'm the tree of life that came from God. If a man eats this, he never dies. So when he came and he went away, he purchased a bride tree. And the tree was established, putting in the roots on earth in the day of Pentecost. Her doctrine and everything happened right then at the beginning. Everything she had was give her right then. Now he, he's talking about a bride tree that needs to be germinated by the tree of life, which is Christ. Jehovah Jireh. Christ was the tree in the Garden of Eden. These trees were there for a birth purpose. Though by the woman comes death, by the man life. One of them was the two trees. One was by the woman, the other was by the man. And the life that comes by the woman dies. But the one that comes by the man lives. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. When he came back, he ordained again, sim similar thought, he ordained on the day of Pentecost, what did he ordain? A bride tree with the spirit of himself in that tree to bear the same fruit. Now, this could only come because he purchased us. Our, our womb was, would have been defiled unless Christ could come in. Christ came in the church to clean the church in order that he might get into it for fellowship. Brother Branham praying in a message, The Trial, 1964. Lord, we see ourselves as partakers of the woman tree. We must all die because there is no life in that woman. Father, we've been given the privilege to partake of the man tree, which was Christ. And now through him we have life, life the word to be made real. Thank you, Lord, for such a reality to understand the hour we were living in. Now, I'm, I'm going to just drop these two and I'll come back to this yet. Restoration of the bride tree. He was God's perfect prophet tree. The example tree. The bridegroom tree. Now if he is the bridegroom tree from the garden of Eden, then the bridegroom tree without the female does not bear fruit. He's got to have a bride tree. I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. So if we recognize we are a dead dry stick, but when his life flows through us, when his inspiration flows, that's our life. Now, I'm not going to get into what, what Brother Maxwell got into on, on, on Friday, but it was a blessing. Now, he says, the same life in this female tree the bridegroom, as it is in the bride. Now, I'm, I'm going to hold back on some of this just for a moment. There was a message Brother Branham preached a couple of times, and it's called Mary's Belief. Now, I want you just to go with me on this thought for a moment. Because Brother Branham would, would speak, and he, he reads actually... The same scripture we read in Luke. Now I'm, I'm, how did God condescend? How did he come to the earth? He needed a womb. Now, there, there was a time, you can go through the message, the seed is not air with the shuck, where there was Abraham who had the seed of life, 
there was a womb that was Hagar. But it was the right seed in the wrong womb. Then there was a Sarah. Sarah was the right seed in the right womb for a natural lineage. But it wasn't perfect yet. The perfect one would be Mary, where it would not even be, it was not Jewish blood, it was not Gentile blood, but it was God projecting his seed, creating his own seed in a woman. But in order for that to happen, there had to be a welcoming of the seed. There had to be something that was there to say, be it unto me. Now, let's just take this for a moment. And I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, now I'm getting maybe to a little bit more of the story of the Christmas story. Brother Brandon would, would have some wonderful dramas. And he would talk in this message. And if you have a chance to listen, there's, there's three versions. I'm drawing some of mine from the 1961 Mary's Belief. But he would say this. He'd say, and she would be, he would be talking how Joseph, you know, he was a carpenter and he was probably building a house for Mary. I really love how he, he, he dramatizes it. He says, you know how the woman would like this and the woman would like He says, no doubt they had many discussions about where things should be and he's building and he's wanting to do it perfect. Some things don't change. Okay? That, that still happens all over today. Okay? <laughs> you know, you, you look at a man who used to have a bachelor pad. You know, he's just good with anything. There's dust bunnies rolling in the floor and in the corner. You know, it's, it's everything. I had a house I designed for a couple of well-known hockey players and they were bachelors, they lived on their own, and they'd been in the house for eight months, and they gave a call to the contractor and said, the, the, the built-in vac system doesn't work. It doesn't work. We tested everything. It's all good. And they, they said, he came over, yeah, it doesn't work. He says, there's no switch anywhere. Switch? You just plug it in, and it works. Woo! What's that noise? They hadn't vacuumed for eight months. There was like dust bunnies all over the place. I don't know how I got so distracted on this, but... Anyway, I'll tell you what, men, you need a woman sometimes. <laughs> There's one. That man's going to get a good meal when he goes home today. <laughs> There's another one. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just slow down here. <laughs> okay, that was not in my notes. I'm, not so, I'm sorry where that came out. This is good for all the yeah, BTTR club. You don't know what that is, right? Bachelors to the rapture. <laughs> okay. Now I've let, them, let the secret out. Okay. Okay. <laughs> My goodness. Okay, so he's talking about how Joseph was, was doing that, and they would talk, and in the evening they would get together for fellowship. And maybe they went to church, they went to the synagogue, and they talked about how Moses and the pillar of fire and everything was there. And now Mary's starting to express to Joseph, she's saying, that was an outstanding message. The great Jehovah who led the people out of Egypt, didn't it thrill your heart when they were talking about how they read the scrolls and Jehovah was there by the pillar of fire? Mary says, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could live our lives and have that pillar of fire and be led just like they were? So, so there was already something that loved the word. There has to be something in you that loves the word. If you're ever going to go in a rapture, it's not going to be a wand and push you out. There's got to be a welcome spirit. There's got to be something in you that loves and receives the word. So he says, and now he says to her, sweetheart, 
I, I believe the whole thing, you know, is true. But, you know, Jehovah doesn't work like that anymore. And he says somehow, you know, and, and now he had just gotten into the scriptures where he read in Isaiah about how a virgin would conceive. And he says, did you hear when he said that? You know, something just warmed in my heart. Friends, there's got to come a time when you're, you're going to have to say, I'm the one. This is for me. You can't just say, I'm part of the church. No, I'm the one. Behold, I send you Malachi 4. I'm the one. I don't care about anybody else. This message is for me. I'm the one. It's me. Mary's belief. Mary had to stand in a situation like no other woman in history. Mary had to accept an angel's message above even the disputations of her husband-to-be, even above her cousin Elizabeth, because, you know, she's saying, are you, I'm expecting two. Oh, are you and Joseph married? No. Could you imagine the reproach? <laughs> Could you imagine having to go and say, that holy thing that an angel brought to me is so real. It's never happened before, but I'm the one. Yeah. Friends, before God could ever become one on the earth, there had to be a womb. There had to be a bedding ground. Yeah. There had to be something that would say, yes, be it unto me according to your word. Yeah. I'm not just a church. I'm the bride. Listen, that's not up here, but that's down in here. <laughs> he said, and she's talking about how a virgin would conceive. Sweetheart, I believe that's when he spoiled the service. Jehovah doesn't do things like that. I know it's in the word. And she said, but did you see when he read the next part of the scroll where a virgin would conceive? But he says, then the next part. Well, they'll call his name Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Priests. What does the prophet mean? So she's starting, she's, she's, she doesn't know how this could be, but something's burning in her heart. I, I, I don't know about you, friends. I don't understand every time the first time I read or hear, but something burns in my heart. Something tells me this was not William Branham speaking. This was the voice of God speaking to me. This is me receiving the message of an angel again. It's the power of one. Brother Branham would say it this way. God is looking. Like Sarah of old, Abraham of old, God is looking for one child. One child was all it took to shake the nations. Now God was projecting himself to where he was the great God was going to come down to this place. But on the other side, there had to be something to receive that. And he, friends, when you bring those two together, those two together again, there's a oneness that's starting to happen. There's a uniting that's starting to happen. God needs just one man. That's all he needs to have a voice. That's all he wants is to get one man, and let me add one woman, in his control. How he loves to get one man. I don't know how long it took for that word to circle the earth, where there was finally a womb that was ready to receive 
ready, who is so pure to just accept the word of God. Friends, in this last day, I believe there's a people that have been predestinated to receive the word that God has sent in this last day again. There's a oneness that's coming forth that has been lost for ages and ages, but it's coming back where she will be the final voice. She will speak for him. What the prophet said, she'll say. She, what the prophet has spoken, she's received it. We've pointed to it for years, said it's way off there, it's way off there. Friends, I don't know about you, but something is burning in my heart. We, we felt it in the young people's service the other day. God is about to do something. We've waited. But you've got to be welcoming him. You've got to be receiving him. This morning, he's not looking for people to fill the pew. He's not looking for people that said, I was in church, I did my duty, I'm gone. He is looking for people to welcome and receive the word of God. It's more than life. More than life to us. Listen to how he says this. He got a Noah one time. He got a Moses, he got a Jeremiah, he got an Elisha, he got a Samson. As long as he can get one man in his control... That's his voice. He can speak through it. Oh, how he hungers and climbs to get a man in his control. Then I can speak through him. Then I can let my voice be known. He may stand reproach, but he'll make my voice known. Mary had to bear reproach. She had to, as the angel came... And she one day had to not just go beyond the service she heard, but now to the visitation of an angel. I, I, I say there was a reason that the angel had to appear to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1. Because fear not to take Mary, because Brother Brandon would say, Mary came and told him I had a visitation from an angel and told me that God's going to overshadow me. And he's going to place in my womb the very life of God. <laughs> you know, you might love your wife, but, you know, brother, I said, I could see Joseph looking into those eyes. He wanted to believe her. He tried to believe her. But really, she was the one that knew because she had received it. And he only was there. And that's why God had to speak to him in a dream. Fear not. To take unto thee, marry thy wife. That holy thing conceived in her is of me. Oh, friends, God is around this whole thing. God is watching over this whole thing. It is, it is God working this. I, I remember the, the tape I was listening to. Brother Branham is preaching and all of a sudden his voice changes. This is not William Branham speaking. He has nothing to do this. He has surrendered himself to me. This is Almighty God speaking. I'll tell you what. God's looking for a people that are so surrendered. We won't be prophets, but we're so surrendered that he can speak through us, think through us. And he says... Usually when we think on these things, you know, sometimes 
I go into the study and I'm trying to put things together. I actually have to get out, go for a walk, go for a drive. And as I'm thinking, the mind isn't trying to put something together. Now it's God. You know what? I make it a habit now more than ever. Before I go to bed, give me the thoughts of God. Let me dwell on Him. Then when I wake up in the morning, it's not a struggle. Oh, man, what was I thinking last night? No. Sometimes the devil will come, he'll do all kinds of things. But the more you stay in that channel, and he says those two walking on the road to Emmaus, he said they were walking, how, you know, these things, how did they happen? How did this happen? How did that happen? They, they didn't know how all these things happened, but as they were talking, he himself drew near. I think it's good sometimes. You don't have to be super spiritual, but I think as much passion as we put into talking about all the secular things, talking about the Boxing Day sales, talking about, you know, what the food was and, and what did they eat and all those, and those things are fine. But I think there ought to be something that tells about the hope of our life. We have received the greatest thing. And he says, if we could only keep our minds on him. And he says, instead of looking to a certain program or going to a certain shopping we've got to do. <laughs> Nobody's going shopping, you're done? Okay, that's good, I just thought I'd ask. And he says, she knew that that angel was from God. He says, I'm Gabriel. When Gabriel announced the first coming of Christ, Gabriel will announce the second coming of Christ. Something major is fixing to happen. We see the I am was made present in a body of his own son. God crossed his cast from God to become a human in order to come back to a salvation. Now I'll say this, today the Holy Spirit's not looking for message churches. He's looking for individuals. He's looking for husbands. He's looking for wives. He's looking for young people. He's looking for old people. But he's looking for a place to find a bedding ground. I did a search on, on those very words, bedding ground. And when I looked at bedding ground, Brother Branham would speak it 16 times. 12 of the times was in the last four months of his ministry. Now, to me, I, I mean, I, I look at those little things and I'll say... God was speaking to us about something. He says, the bedding ground, a seed will take a hold somewhere. He says, it, it, it may take, this, he talks about there's always twins. You know, there, and, and he says, God sows a seed, the enemy sows a seed. He actually says, in the last days, he says, the church is going to be twins. He says, it'll be so much like the real thing, a Pentecostal move, till it would deceive the elected if it were possible. But he says, that's where the bedding ground is the same, but one of them in there is perverted. He says, now one of them is a perverted, it's the wrong father. Now I, I want to receive my heavenly father's seed. I want to say, be it unto me according to your word. And in fact, when you receive that seed, you, you, you just go through that message sometime. He says, he says, no other seeds can come in. Because the womb is already closed. I've received his seed. Friends, that's the very thing that keeps us and protects us. 
he says, now, a seed will take a hold somewhere. Now, I, I'm just going to take the negative for a minute. He says, it might start in somebody. They'll pervert it like they did in Eve. The word will fall in an unbeliever or a doubter or a skeptic. It might make a church member out of them, but never a son or daughter of God. You, you, they might let their hair grow. They might laugh in your face. And he says, it's the wrong bedding ground. They're holding the seed. He's, and he, he talks about, they're anointed. Now, it's, it's so close. But I, I just say, I know whom I have believed. I know who spoke to me in the, in the quiet times when I go in prayer. You need to be that certain. Don't, don't trust in the family you're a part of, although you can thank God for them. Don't trust in just the church you come to, but trust in the God who has made himself real to you. Now he would just say this, but you let a real born-again Christian, a real servant of God, hear that word, he'll come right out of every denomination into the word, the betting ground. He'll do it. I don't know how he does it. God has ordained it to be done. My sheep hear my voice. <coughs> he says, your intellectuals might tell you this is the truth. But he says, no matter how much the outside man can reason it and say it's right, it still doesn't make it right. It has to pregnate. Now, let me, there's so many things in that message, but I'm going to leave some for you to hear when you listen to it. Is that all right? <laughs> Summer over the holidays. <laughs> Let me just, just say this. The Holy Ghost, the angel says, will overshadow you, and that which is born on you shall be called the Son of God. And she said, here I am. I don't know how it's going to happen, and it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> Oh, read, pick up your pen and write. We have the answer to the devil's question. What is the answer? I'm already pregnated. I'm already bearing fruit. I've already got the life in me. That's the answer to the devil's question. Friends, there's questions swirling around the message. You know, this, 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 this. There'll be more of them. But in the middle of it all, there's a people receiving the word of God. And it's becoming life to him. God's looking for one. He's always looked for one. When Jehoshaphat, there was 400 prophets. And something in him thought, there's 400 here. And Ahab said, they're all speaking the same thing. They're all saying the thing. And he says, don't you have one more? <laughs> it wasn't a certain sound. One more? Yeah, I got one, but I hate him. Friends, that's the one that we needed to hear. <laughs> I don't need to hear all the others. One with God is a majority. This has a certain sound. God's looking for one. He's looking for one that will take him at his word. He's looking for another Mary. He's looking for another one that's got a welcoming spirit to them. He's looking for one. Brother Billy Paul shared this story, and it was when Rosella Griffiths, Rosella Griffiths was the alcoholic that came to the meeting 
and she had a friend who was a dance partner to Fred Astaire. Now, if you've never heard of Fred Astaire, God bless you, you're still young. <laughs> and was called out in the meeting, and the woman resisted, resented it, and the Holy Spirit picked it up. So that was in the second meeting of five meetings. And she came, and she was called out, and she gave her heart to God. And Brother Branham comes back, and he comes in the room, and he says, as far as God's concerned, the meetings are over. We're going to have three more services, but God got the one that he came for. One! A predestinated bride! Predestinated to receive the word! Predestinated to receive God! I'm the one! I'm the one! To hear this anti-message! I'm the one that's not going to have a bad attitude. I'm the one that's going to respect the word. I'm the one that's going to receive it, even though I don't understand it. I'm the one. He came for me. He brought this to me. And I receive it from him. He became me that I might become him by grace. Restoration of the bride tree. The male tree and the female tree produce the pollen one to the other that brings the fruit. Now the male doesn't produce the fruit. The woman does. So Christ needs a womb. He needed to borrow one back then. He needs one now. And he says... The perfect prophet tree brought forth the perfect prophet fruit by the perfect word of God. He was God's, there's so many things in here I could read. He was God's perfect spiritual tree and they hung him on a Roman tree. Now, let me, let me just, this is the part that just so struck me. Brother Bannon would say, we give him reason and purpose of being. Now he says this, this is in 1962. It's actually not in the restoration of the bride tree, but it's, oh it is actually, sorry it is. He says now, he says this, I'll go with you, you'll be a part of me, you'll be my bride, my life will be in your body, just like a husband and a wife is one, you and I are going to be one. Oh, he says, Satan gets so angry at that. Do you see the oneness of God? Jesus, he did a lot of things, but when he said, I and my Father are one, you watch the Spirit and the Pharisees. Oh, man, they ripped their clothes. It's blasphemy. Friends, They'll say a lot of things about you in the message and how you act and how you do it. But when you begin to say, I and my Father are one, that's when they get angry. That's when the other spirit. Friends, I don't get angry if God's working through somebody. I don't get angry. I say, bless God. His Spirit's on the earth today. Thank God for working in our young people. 
Thank God for all that he's doing. Now he says, he says, now the bride are one. Tree of life. In other words, like husband and wife is one, Christ and his bride is one. Now, there was one part here that I, my, what did I do with it here? Okay, here it is. The bridegroom tree without the female doesn't bear fruit. So he's the tree of life. Listen to these words. So he's got to have a bride tree. He's got to have somebody on earth who will receive his word. He can't even express himself without us. He can't express himself without a bedding ground, without a womb. We are that womb. Friends, I trust that you can receive it. I, I know this is maybe feeling like it's a little broken up, but I, I just, it was so, such a burden on my heart. I said, God, we're the ones. I'm one of them. I'm not pointing back. There's been churches, churches, churches. There's been brides, brides, brides. But there must come one. This is the one that is to receive that engrafted word. His word, be it unto me according to your word. Where is this all going? Go back to Revelations 22. I, and I'll just, just read it real quick here. Well, I'll pick it up in my Bible. Revelations 22, the last verse in the Bible. You can actually read in verse 21 as well, but this wasn't even in my notes. It just comes to me now. In Revelations 21, verse 9, he says in the latter part, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me in the Spirit to a great and high mountain, and he showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God and her light. Her. Her. <laughs> That's my, his light in me. And look at all the things that he attributed to her. All of the gifts, all of his jewels, all of his precious stones, everything was in her. And at the same time, there was another woman on earth, a great whore, and in her was found all the iniquity, the foul habitation. But over here was another lady, and in her was the righteousness of God. In her was all that God had wanted for a church. In her was everything. <laughs> Chapter 22. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the street, this is symbology again. In the midst of the street and on either side of the river. <laughs> now, if you can put that together in your mind was a tree of life. There was the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit. Not his fruit. The tree of life and the woman tree had become one. She was bearing his fruit. Over there, it was God and his bride together again. Deity 
in an earthen womb one more time again. And he says, yielded her fruit. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. The leaves of fellowship, Brother Maxwell. Where was the fellowship? It was in the bride. Where was the love of God? In the bride. That was going to be the healing for the nations. That was going to be God expressed in a people. That was going to be the headstone coming down. Grace, grace, grace. It's not me. It's him in me. <laughs> Wonderful. What a gift. What a blessing. Give us grace to receive it, Lord. Oh, you know what? I, I got more quotes, but I, I think I made my point. Why don't the musicians come? I just think you need to praise God a little bit. Thank Him a little bit. I trust you caught it. Friends, He's looking for one. He looked for one virgin then. He's looking for one in a many-membered body. One here, one there. Sometimes God will prosper a business because of one. The economy is going down. But God will prosper a business because a believer is there. He's interested in one. God will bless a church because there's got to come one more birth. God will, will send a man overseas because there's got to be one more sheep somewhere. God will bless for one. One that came was coming for one. I'm that one. And it wasn't, I, I can point back. I got, I'm so thankful for the family I came out of. Thankful for a believing grandmother. Thank God for a believing mother. I thank you for all those things. But nothing compares to the one that came to me. He came to me. He's greater than all of the history. He's my God. He's, my, he's mine. And the prophet would say, if there's one going in the city, you be that one. Amen. How? The power of one. What is the power of one? I've been bought by his blood. I am his own. To do any judgment in the city, God's going to have to override a part of himself that he put in me. God's going to have to override my voice, my pleas for, for, for unbelieving family, for those that are not in. God's going to have to go over this voice. What is it, my voice? The bride and him have become one. You think God and man became one back there? What about right now? God is becoming one with his people. It is a fact that God and Christ are one. It is also a fact that the bride and Christ are one. It is also a fact. We are believers. We've been called to this. Let's stand together. Thank the Lord. Wonderful Savior. I know we sang it before, but it was so appropriate. Let your word be born. A messenger came. A seed went out. God was not going to let it fall on barren ground. Some did, but it was predestinated to be received by somebody. Lord, let it germinate in me. 
let it be made a reality in me. Is that your desire? Make it a prayer as we sing this. Was a tiny simple stable all beaten and worn, hardly a place for a king to be born. He gave truth some place special. Let